When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Good Wednesday morning. I hope you're ready for what could be the best football weekend of the entire calendar year. No, that is not hyperbole. That is just facts. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. My name is Braden Gall alongside Mike Wells. Of course, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy, Mike, to look at this weekend starting on Thursday evening with the Cleveland Browns, the Joe Flacco-led Cleveland Browns and their 10 wins trying to go for 11, and then Missouri and Ohio State on Friday night, and then all those playoff-type matchups in college football on Saturday capped with the Lions and Cowboys and then division championships on the line in the NFL on Sunday and Monday, what could be the best college football first round playoffs we've ever seen mike i don't think it's crazy i don't think it's crazy man how are you man i i, I gotta I'm, I'm doing well happy holidays um i gotta tell you brayden when we having this pre, pre-production meeting before the show and you said best football weekend of the year i i, I thought about it for a second i'm like oh my god what, what in the world is brayden talking about <laughs> i'm like we're, we're coming up on new year's uh weekend and then i'm like hold on the great producer, Evan, I'm going to kiss up to him now because I know he's going to join the show at some point, and I need some brownie points with Evan. Then he mentioned the Browns playing Thursday night. Then we got some uh, we got some regular bowl games Friday, Saturday. NFL loaded up, highlighted by the uh, Dolphins at the Ravens. And then Monday, oh, my God, I'm, go- I'm already going to go ahead and put my butt cheeks into the couch starting on Sunday <laughs> and not leave until Tuesday morning unless I got outside of crawling to the bathroom. But you're, you're right. It, it, it is going to be – if you are a football fan of any level, there's some kind of football for you. It doesn't matter if it's going to be FCS yep. National Championship game. We forgot about that, too. FCS Championship game this weekend. It, there's, there's football for you in some area this weekend if you're a fan of the game. I, I think the other two, and again, the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Tell us what you think. I, look, I think the La- Labor Day weekend where we go five straight nights of college football, that that's, you know, that. That's my jam right there, so I'm good with that. I think we can all we can debate whether it's divisional round in the NFL playoffs in late January or if it's the championship weekend. I think that's sort of what's your cup of tea. I would argue the four games, you know, in that divisional round champion like that that might be also up there. So I, I think you could put this if you disagree, that's fine. But I think it is one of the two or three best weekends of the calendar year. And and I don't know, man. You you put Alabama, Michigan you put Baltimore and Miami, the top two teams in the AFC, and then of course you got all these games in, that, that look like regular bowl games. But next year, you know, Missouri Ohio State is a playoff game. Ole Miss and Penn State is a playoff game. Like Georgia Florida State is a playoff game. These are all playoff games next year. And then on Saturday night, we get to watch Detroit and Dallas, two teams that right now would be playing each other in the NFL playoffs. You, you, you know, let, let, let's take this a step further. Let me let me ask you this question, and because I'm trying I'm trying to you know see if I can think of it. We talk about best football weekend of the year. Is there a better sports weekend of the year? 
Can you think of a better weekend where there's a combination of a number of things? I'm thinking about, you know, the Masters weekend in April. That's usually well after the Final Four in April. Mm. Is there a I, – I can't think of a better sports weekend because – while we're talking about football nonstop, you, of course you're going to have NBA games, college basketball games, which I've loved how the college basketball season and the non-conference heavyweights have been playing each other the entire year. I can't think of a better sports weekend of the year. I mean, no, I don't disagree because you've got sort of that eclipse happening, right, which is not quite the eclipse of like October when baseball is happening at the same time as hockey and basketball and football. But, I, I mean, I guess unless you're like a diehard F1 fan or an EPL fan, which, again, totally cool if you are – I mean, again, the only thing missing in the major American sports this weekend is would be Major League Baseball. Uh, but you've got all the offseason stuff going on. So, yeah, no, you're right. I think when you add the NBA and you add hockey to the list of college and pro games, I mean, listen, it just doesn't get any more important. Like, think about the, 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 the stakes. You, you have Baltimore-Miami playing for the one seed. you got the Niners playing for the one seed. You have Mi- Miami could win the division this weekend or they could lose the division next weekend. You got Kansas City trying to win a division. You got Cleveland trying to clinch a playoff spot. The Rams are trying to you know, stay as hot as any team in the NFL. Tampa Bay's trying to win a division against the team chasing them. I mean, the stakes could not be higher this weekend. It certainly gets even higher the following weekend, but this weekend feels really big in the NFL. And then you package that with all the college stuff. And it just has, it's too many layers. And again, those great games on Saturday, those New Year's Bowl games, or we call them the New Year's Six, of course. When you got Ole Miss and Penn State, again, next year that would be a playoff game. you got Georgia-Florida State, the two teams that feel snubbed by the college football playoff committee. And then it's going to cap off with, of course, Detroit and Dallas. And that's what we're going to get into now. Mike Wells, Braden Gall here on Greeny, of course, on ESPN Radio. Um, I want to I talk Lions and Cowboys because Mike McCarthy uh, had some interesting things to say this week at his press conference. Here was the Dallas Cowboys head coach this week. Well, I think this will be our biggest challenge of the year. It's my personal opinion. Uh, you know, some people may di- differ, you know, as far as Philadelphia or the, the past games, but um, just based off what we've seen on video, I, I think this is, this is going to be this is going to be a heck of a game. I want to start, Mike, before we get into Dallas. I, I agree with Coach McCarthy there. It's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, Detroit playing as well as anybody, clinching the division for the first time in like four thousand years uh, for the Lions. Uh, which team do you believe in more? Detroit or Dallas at this point of the season with just two weeks left to go? Well, I'm going to take a 20-second timeout off of that real quick. I'm going to answer your question. Think about what Mike McCarthy just said. Biggest game of the year. And mind you, the Cowboys are coming off three straight games where they face Philadelphia, got blasted on the road at Buffalo, lost a close game at Miami, and he is saying the Detroit Lions, yes, the Detroit Lions, a team that had not sniffed the NFC North title in who knows how many years, he's calling them the toughest game of the year. I, I just, I'm like, holy cow. That tells you how far the Detroit Lions have come, Brayden, that he, he's putting them in that category. Now, what was your question again, though? I, I, I just, I, 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 I was well, I think it's, shocked I think it's, for a second. Isn't it because of the, the context of those three games, though? Like, you know how the NFL, what happens is, is, Today's the biggest game of the history of the year, right? In the history of the world, today's the biggest game, whatever game you're playing that day. And then what happens is is because you've lost two or three, the next one becomes the biggest one. And most, and all these coaches, right, all these coaches are like, well, no, you got to focus on today, next game, next game, one game at a time, cliche, cliche. But if you've lost that many times to those good teams, don't you need something to prove <laughs> to yourself that you belong with these other teams? 
And and of all the of all the franchises in the NFL, like Dallas is the one that gets the most coverage and has had the most opportunities and has done the least with it in the last few years. And and that to me is what makes this such a huge moment because I mean, this is a challenge against a Detroit team that yes, you're right, hasn't been here very often or at all. But it's clearly a very good football team. And so if you want to put yourself in that mix, don't you have to show yourself that you belong in that group? Yeah, no, you, you definitely do. And the fact that, I mean, reality is the Dallas Cowboys are looking up at the Detroit Lions record-wise. And what you can't do is you can't be going into week 18, getting ready for the playoffs on a, on a three-game losing streak. You, 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 they can't be in that position of, um, you know, because they're going to win win week 18 against the Commanders. Commanders are just a bad football team. But you got to have something confidence-wise that you beat a playoff team as you prepare to go to the postseason, especially a playoff team that you potentially could be facing. So from that standpoint, I completely agree with uh, Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. They have to find a way to get things going because we know when you're America's team and you have an owner that – it doesn't matter if if a 12-year-old or a 62-year-old has a microphone, the owner is going to speak. He's going to run his mouth and talk about what he expects out of the franchise. If they lose three straight to playoff teams, who knows what the world Jerry Jones is going to say, which which is going to put more pressure on Dak Prescott and that and, and the players and the coaching staff of that team. Now, Dallas still does have an outside chance, albeit extremely small, to compete and win the division. Philadelphia would have to totally crumble after an extraordinary season last year, an extraordinary start to the season, schedule gets really tough. They've lost some tough games, but still Philadelphia would have to completely crumble with Arizona at home this weekend and, of course, against the Giants. They have one of the easiest finishes of any team in the NFL. There's really no reason for Philadelphia to do that, but I guess in theory, right, you can't put the little Z next to the Eagles' name yet, so it's not there yet, but technically Dallas could still be playing for that. They have been extremely good at home. This is a team that, right, is not lost at home. I don't know how much that matters in this situation, especially in the regular season. Maybe we could talk about home field advantage in the playoffs mattering to some teams in the NFL, but the NFL is designed by the way it is structured. The rules of the game are designed to create as evenly matched games as possible, and so I don't know how much the home field advantage matters on Saturday night. Uh, You know what? (laughs) Man, I I, I would love to say home field matters, but just, just think about this. Especially in, in in the NFC, we'll, we'll we'll focus strictly on the NFC right now. You you think about Philadelphia, they've lost it. They've lost at home to playoff teams. We saw what the Ravens just did to San Francisco um, two nights ago. So it, yeah. it is you you got to believe if you're in the playoffs, you believe you can win. You can go on the road and beat any team, with the exception of the Miami Dolphins, which I did, did just flip back to the AFC. Um, but from the NFC, NFC standpoint, I don't think there's a clear cut home field advantage. There, there's no obvious, okay, I can't go to this place because if we go to this place, there's no way we're going to win. It's just – it is a di- different feeling this year. There's just a different feeling in the air. And the same way I look at it as I think both conferences are wide open as far as favorites go. I, I agree. I mean, I guess Philly maybe because of the weather and the fans. But honestly, I, I just – I'm not sure I'm there yet. Dallas, again, has been good at home, but uh, – I've, I don't know if you've been to that stadium, but, like, it, it's a cavernous, corporate, cold environment. I'm not trying to knock it. It's, like, the biggest stadium in the world on purpose, right? I'm not trying to knock it. Dallas is Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. But it doesn't exact like, I don't know. It's not the same as, as Kansas City. And I know that's going back to the AFC. But 
I mean, Tampa Bay could have a home playoff game. Is that scary? <laughs> is, that a scary <laughs> is that a scary environment? I don't know. Like Detroit's indoors, so that that evens out the weather factor there. So I don't that that makes it sort of even for both teams. Maybe San Francisco because it can get pretty cold at night. And again, the only to me the only way it matters is if if teams are used to playing in cold weather for like weeks and weeks and weeks, and they've grown accustomed to it, and you are not right. Like Tampa at Philly. But even then, I don't know. Even then, I'm not buying it. I'm not trying to talk myself into it, Mike. <laughs> no, there's not. Honestly, I say there's really only two home field advantages, and and one of those, I'm not sure. I'm really, I'm not really calling it a home field advantage anymore. And I'm going to say Kansas City, because I mean I've covered my fair share of games at Arrowhead Stadium, and that place can when they're rolling, they can get loud. And of course, you know those who look at. Um, the schedules will say, well, Kansas City's four to Kansas City's six losses this season have been at Arrowhead Stadium. They just went out and laid a dud on Christmas afternoon against the Raiders. Yeah. So I would say probably the only real, real home field advantage, in my opinion, is Buffalo because you never know what in the world the weather's going to look like. It could be I, I, I was there in 2017 during that Blizzard Bowl against the Colts where you Ooh. couldn't even see you couldn't even see the field. And even if there's no snow on the ground, it could be, you know, you know, yeah. five degrees outside. And you, can you imagine Miami Dolphins having to go up to Buffalo and play? They're, they're, I, they're, they're not agree. used to that. I mean, Buffalo, Kansas City, Green Bay, you know, if, the, if it's six degrees and you're not used to playing in that, I could see how that's, uh, you know, a positive. But let's be honest, like, it's not like Green Bay plays in a lot of six-degree games, like, routinely throughout the course of the year. I mean, the crowd is certainly a huge factor in all three of those locations. But I think it does take a unique situation to count. So I don't know if it matters in the NFL this postseason who's got home field. We've seen one seeds lose in the first round, or I guess in their first game, I should say, not in the first round now that they get the bye. But uh, I don't know if it matters for Dallas. I I think they've got to go out and play their best football. And if they do that, then that's that's how this team overcomes its demons in the postseason over the last few years. He is Mike Wells. I am Braden Gall in for Greeny, of course, here on ESPN Radio. No matter where you are, you can always listen to Greeny on the ESPN app or SiriusXM channel 80 is there one team primed for a deep playoff run or are they still a year away that is next on espn radio and the espn app greenie the podcast for the ones who get it done granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer call clickgranger.com or just stop by 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
dived. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Mullen steps up, throws, it flutters, and it's intercepted! Intercepted! Melifonwu comes up with the pick! That should do it! Snaps the third longest division title drought in NFL history. The Detroit Lions are division champs. This is special. This is just the beginning. I couldn't be more proud of the guys. This 2023 team did it and broke that streak and got some work to do next week and then the following and, and see where we can go. Who is playing the best football in the NFL right now? And is that the thing that matters the most going into the playoffs? How much does experience matter? Of course, that call courtesy of Steve Levy on ESPN Radio. This is Braden Gall, Mike Wells here on Greeny. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Mike, we know quarterback play almost always is going to be the deciding factor, first and foremost, in the NFL. If you're just sort of wiping the slate clean and trying to evaluate what matters. But a lot of times it's not about who's the one seed. It's We just talked about home field advantage. A lot of times it's not who's the two seed. A lot of times it's who's be- playing the best football at the right time. Buffalo Bills, for example, hypothetically playing their best football. I would have said the San Francisco 49ers until Monday evening. But who is playing the best football right now, and how much does experience matter? Baltimore, Detroit, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Niners – who right now is the scariest team and playing their best, peaking at the right time in the NFL? Man, God, that, 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 that's a tricky question. It's a tricky question, but it's not. You look at the Baltimore Ravens, five straight wins right now. They've, they're, you know, they won, they're on a five-game winning streak. They really sent a message where basically they left the Bay Area on Christmas night talking about put some R-E-S-P-E-C-T on their name, some respect, <laughs> after they – Gave Brock Purdy and the 49ers to business. I mean, they they dominated that game. They had Brock Purdy looking like Mr. Relevant in the first half with three interceptions and then got him for the fourth time in the third quarter where they really took control of the game. Lamar Jackson has everybody laughing because he went out on a limb and said, I will represent myself, get my contract without paying an agent, and he is peaking. He didn't say, I'm going to sit back and get fat, Brayden. He's peaking at an MVP caliber level. So I'm going to say the Ravens, considering they have beat two two straight victories over teams that are going to playoffs. The Bengals are in the mix. Their last loss was against a, a Cleveland team, which is playing great football. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with the captain. I'm Just call me Mr. Obvious. We got Mr. Relevant, Brock Purdy. <laughs> call me Mr. Obvious, Mike Wells. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to say the Ravens, just because of what they did, the other day, and I believe Baltimore can win on the road or at home. Yeah, and what's impressive about Baltimore to me is, like, you you go all the way back to the start of the season. You have a brand-new offensive coordinator with Todd Munkin, who I think is the perfect fit for Lamar's skill set, and I think he's maximized that ability. And, you like, J.K. Dobbins, okay, he's out <laughs> like right away. He, number one running back, he's gone, although they've been very accustomed to playing without him. Then you come back and you lose a couple of, you know, midway through the season – you lose Mark Andrews. I mean, one of the best, what, three to four tight ends on the planet? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, his best receiving weapon, his best red zone target, he's now gone. Then you lose your superstar speedster and Mitchell out of the backfield, who's been this, like, burst of energy to the offense. Now he's gone and still winning, still doing it with Lamar and sort of putting the pieces together. Now your top playmaker is like a 5'9 rookie? <laughs> like, 
Again, I like Zay Flowers. I think he's great. But, like, again, what he is doing, it's hard to argue Baltimore. Now, here's how I would twist this discussion. I think San Francisco's the best team. And I know I just watched Monday night like you did, and everybody else did too. And they, they made a statement. There's no question. Uh, but San Francisco, I think, is still the best overall team, like 1-85, to 85, or 1-53, to 53, I should say. <laughs> college, college brain coming out there. <laughs> but the team that I would be most concerned about – and this, this, and Baltimore. Wait, 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 wait. You say concern, like concern, like okay, they can go on a run, or like concern, I'm so, yeah, yeah, they yeah, got yeah. problems. Like I'm no, I'm concerned, like I would be scared of okay. if I was their opponent, and I'm I'm side eye him, like they're they're I'm looking at them out the side right now, because if Baltimore beats Miami, I think that's not that's certainly not a crazy thing to do at home this weekend. That's a great game, one versus two. But if Miami loses that game, and the Buffalo Bills beat New England at home, now I know Belichick beat him earlier this year. In New England, but Buffalo should win that football game. They're a heavy favorite. They've won three straight. That's a game they should win. That puts the Buffalo-Miami matchup as the division championship game. And if you give Buffalo a, a two-seed or a three-seed and all of a sudden move them up and they win the division and they're the five, six straight wins, I would not want to mess with that Buffalo team that has been in the playoffs and been in these battles for so, so long. Which brings us, of course, to the, like these other teams, like the Dolphins and the Lions, which ha- are playing great football, but don't have the experience level of the Ravens, who, again, have played a lot of playoff games with Lamar Jackson. You, you, you know what? The, the Buffalo Bills, I, I felt like at the beginning of the season that they felt like, okay, we don't have to worry about anything. We're going to be fine at the year. I mean, beginning of the season, I'm like, who is this football team? What, 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 is, go- what is going on? With Buffalo, I mean, they they had their rough patch, patches out there, but they're a team that is they're peaking at the right time. That's what they're doing. I know their victory over the Chargers it it was not a thing of, of it was not glamorous, but they've been there. And like you said, if they move up and they're hosting a playoff game, they find a way to win, win the division and they're hosting a playoff game. You don't want to go. You do not want to go into Orchard Park, New York. That place is not friendly at all, and when the weather's cold, and and you're having to deal with not only the the, the, the crowd noise but the weather elements, that's a bad thing. And Josh, Josh Allen, I know people were criticizing him early on, early in the season, like okay, he's he's having a down year, and he's got issues with Stephon Diggs. The reality is, Josh Allen's a baller. He's just he's one of those guys that he will do whatever it takes to win a football game. We know about his arm. His ability to run the football, um, the football. Yes, they're a scary team, but what I look at it as, I think no matter what, I I just don't see how Baltimore's going to lose either one of these next two games. No offense to Miami, I know they're playing good, but I have you know Miami's ability to win away from home is my biggest question mark. I just think if you're going to have Buffalo and the Ravens play each other. Give me, I uh, give me Lamar Jackson, the guy who has won an MVP, and I know what you got. This is Braden. Braden, I know what you about to say. Playoff I, game. I, 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 I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but hey, like Lamar Jackson said the other night after they beat the 49ers, hey, they know what happened in 2019 when when yeah, Derrick yeah. Henry came into Baltimore after Lamar Jackson won the MVP and they got steamrolled. I just feel like this is a different. But um, Baltimore team, they learn from that experience. You have a more mature Lamar Jackson. So I know you're going to say they need to they get out of proof that they can win one than one playoff game. I think this yeah. is the year. But they do have lots of experience. And I, actually, I was I was there for his one lone playoff game here in Nashville a couple of years ago. So I've like I've again I, they've got lots of experience. 
which raises the question about that level. Of, like, again, if, Balt, if Buffalo goes, the Bills go from the 11 seed to the 2 seed over the final six or seven weeks of the season, watch out. That's all I'm saying. I think Baltimore's the hottest team right now and playing their best ball, but they're getting injured, it feels like. Everybody's a little banged up this time of year. Buffalo could be that team, and I think the Niners are overall the best team, and yes, I understand what I watched on Monday evening. The question is experience level. The Niners have experience. The Ravens have experience. The Bills have experience. The Dolphins with Tua, they don't have experience. The Lions, Jared Goff has experience, but that Lions team doesn't have experience. How much is that a part of playing your best football or can you play your best football and and be hot and then get into the postseason and then all of a sudden uh, uh, oh no the bright lights the spotlight the stage does that affect professional athletes should it affect professional athletes oh yeah I, I think it does I mean listen the Detroit Lions have been a feel-good story of the NFL season I mean what Dan Campbell has has done over over the past three seasons where he, he came in his his intro press conference talking about trying to eat people and things like that and you're like oh <laughs> what what in the hell did the Detroit Lions do in hiring him and he he's followed through and he has gotten those young players believe me but the reality is once you get to the playoffs it's a different ball game and they they are stepping in to with the exception of Jared Goff and and, and a couple other guys on the roster they're stepping into foreign territory. And they can get handed a two-piece, a left and a right, and get knocked out in the first quarter and not know how to get up from the canvas again. So I think it is a big deal on how to handle it. Um, that I look at it from that way, or you can look from the other side. Hey, they're going in. They they, they basically have nothing to lose because they got back to the they're back in the playoffs and they don't know what to expect. So who, who knows what we're going to get from them? They could be um, peaking at another level once they get there. But I'm under the belief like, hey, yeah. once the postseason gets here in January. You're facing a completely different ball game, so I, I think it, it could be a little a little tougher on them once they get to the postseason because of their lack of experience. And it's it's interesting because I think it's a major compliment to Dan Campbell and the Lions to build the franchise the way they have, to build the roster the way they have, which is just an extraordinary collection of draft picks, right? Like just just elite draft picks everywhere on the offense and the defense. But it all means that they're kind of growing up together. And and is I think that's not a factor if you have a Joe Burrow at quarterback. And that's not meant to be insulting to Jared Goff who has led his team to a Super Bowl. But they didn't get to the Super Bowl because of Jared Goff, right? The Rams didn't get there because of him. If Joe Burrow can carry a Bengals team to the Super Bowl in year two or three, and you can do that because he's an elite superstar that makes plays. I I don't know if Jared Goff can carry all that young talent. Look, in Dan Campbell I trust, and in those young draft picks I trust, and the Lions, the record proves it. But I do think teams like the Lions need a little bit more experience in the postseason. I don't know about Tua yet. I don't know about the Dolphins. The rest of that team has some playoff experience. But if you're asking me, I'll take the team with the star quarterback and the experience. You know what I mean? That, that's what I would take. So who, who is playing the best football right now? Mike Wells, Braden Gall here on Greeny ESPN Radio. Be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the, ones, the one that fans deserve all right let's get to the 49ers then and Brock Purdy I I thought this was sort of ridiculous Mike Uh, Brock Purdy was being talked about as an MVP candidate (laughs) that's all that's the whole thing that's the whole statement I think that's absurd I think that's ridiculous it doesn't mean he's not playing good football and he certainly didn't play that way against the Ravens but he is the he is a part of a machine in my opinion that is the most talented and most complete offense in all of football Sure, I'd like to have Trent Williams back at left tackle. But I think Brock Purdy was was making the thing go 
but he wasn't as valuable to that team as these other guys, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, the guys that are carrying a team, for example. Patrick Mahomes right now is like the only thing good about the Chiefs' offense, maybe Rasheed Rice. But there's there's value, and, and then there's production. And Brock Purdy was productive. But I, I thought it was pretty ridiculous that he was in the MVP conversation where McCaffrey or Debo or Kyle Shanahan should be in that conversation. But we just said it. You took Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins, Mitchell. You take all these guys off that Ravens offense, and Lamar's still going on the road and beating the best team in the league on the road like that? I, I don't know. I think we made a pretty clear decision on Monday night that Brock Purdy is not in the MVP conversation. Lamar is your leader in the clubhouse. Listen, Braden, um, uh, no offense to Brock Purdy, but what Kyle Shanahan is from an offensive guru standpoint and the ability to surround his quarterback with great talent, you might have an opportunity to go in and do some things at the quarterback spot. Basically make the <laughs> make the mic the, the, the right reads, hand the ball off to uh, uh, the McCaffrey out of the backfield. Um, I think Brock Purdy. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying. I'm not. I will not say game manager, but I think the way Shanahan's offense is built. He makes it easy for his quarterbacks. I think even even though Trey Lance struggled, I think at some point he would have he would have become a serviceable quarterback for the 49ers. He would have been fine. But the reality is at some point, and this is why I know you talk about the talent that San Francisco has, I'm I'm not ready to say, okay, they can win they're ready to win the win the Super Bowl. Because at some point your quarterback has to be able to make big plays. They have to make plays. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, he went more into the fetal position in the in the fourth quarter against Kansas City while Patrick Mahomes <laughs> became Patrick Mahomes a few right. years ago. Your quarterback has to make plays at some point. In the regular season, that's totally fine. Brock Purdy has looked great uh, up until Monday night where the Baltimore Ravens defense just – they just – they shook him up completely. So I think you're, I'm 100% I'm 100% agreement with you in the fact that I don't think Brock Purdy should have been mentioned as a front runner for the MVP. I'd rather have I think Christian McCaffrey is more yeah, yeah. of an MVP candidate than what Brock Purdy is. And and so much of this is still yet to be decided, right? Like Brock Purdy was was the leader odds on favorite going into Monday Night Football according to uh, ESPN Bet. Now Lamar Jackson is your favorite at minus 180. McCaffrey's number two at plus 450. Tua is number three. And then Josh Allen is four. Brock Purdy's fallen all the way to five. You got Dak Prescott mixed in there as well. I assume Dak's in there just because people gamble on the Cowboys, right? And <laughs> and and the whole point of Vegas is to get people gambling on stuff that they care about, not necessarily the reality of the situation. Here's what could change, though. If Tua goes on the road and beats Baltimore this weekend, doesn't that vault him to the top of the list? If Josh Allen wins the division and Miami loses the division and all of a sudden the, the Bills are the two-seed, then Josh Allen is going to have a much bigger case for this. This is not like the Heisman, where I've been voting for the Heisman for years, and Jaden Daniels deserves the Heisman because he was clearly the most outstanding player in college football. It's not about, like, hey, could your defense get stops against Ole Miss and Alabama, right? Like, in the NFL, it is about value. It is, it, it's right in the phrase. <laughs> it's most valuable player. And with an injured offense around him, Lamar Jackson is the guy. And if Josh Allen can carry that team to a two-seed, then he's in the conversation as well. And I think if Tua gets Miami to the top of the ladder, then he's there too. And I I do agree that McCaffrey is the guy in, in San Francisco if you're voting on a player. He's just – the entire offense revolves around what he can do for Kyle Shanahan. 
So, so all right. So we 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 we're in agreement on where Brock Purdy is as far as MVP voting goes. Let me ask you this: Had Brock Purdy went out on Monday night, and let's just say he went twenty or twenty-five, threw for two seventy-five, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and the Forty ers had won the game, would you had said, "Okay, Brock Purdy is one of the two leaders just, for MVP"? Is it just so disrespectful to him to be like, "No"? Tell us how you really feel. Well, and it's so here's the thing: like I cover college football for 20 years now, and Brock Purdy was a big time recruit coming out of high school who went to Iowa State. It is it should not be a surprise that when a guy with that kind of pedigree ends up in a system like Kyle Shanahan's with that kind of talent around him, that he's good. I, I don't think it should be as big a surprise as we've made it out to be because if you tracked Brock Purdy's career. He's always been sort of an overachiever that's been like an X's and O's guy that operates the system, that runs the team exactly with like this perfect blend of like arrogance and humility, you know. But I think it's about running the system and relying on the weapons. You got one of the best tight ends in the league. You got one of the, you got the best running back in the league. You got one of the most versatile receivers in the league. And that doesn't include Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> so, and you got a hell of a left tackle protecting you. Right. And, and then, oh, by the way, the defense. Now, I know they've had some injuries in the back end and the secondary, but I, I don't know. I think, I think this is why I like San Francisco as the most complete team and the best team overall is because I don't think there's any weaknesses. I, I do think that occasionally a, a great player like Lamar Jackson and a great team like Baltimore can go in and make you look, make you look bad. That's just the way the NFL works sometimes. And the reality is, which I learned yesterday in uh, sitting in the same chair hosting with uh, Jordan Raynon, who covers the Giants for ESPN, Kyle Shanahan's a front runner. He, uh, his, his record when, when trailing going into the fourth quarter by at least eight points is like 0-37 or something. So um, being able to come from behind and win, which is part of it is because the way Kyle Shanahan's offense is built, it is all about getting ahead and then running the ball and using your, your you know, whatever offensive gimmicks you have to expand the lead. So if you, you have to pound you basically you have to pounce on the forty nine ers. You can't try to play catch up against them. If you if you pounce on them, your odds of winning drastically improve because of the way San Francisco is built, which also goes in line with needing a quarterback who can make plays to bring you back. And and maybe that's unfair to Purdy. But until he does that thing, right? Oh, don't Joe get, don't get soft. Don't get soft. Before you said no, <laughs> real strict. Now you're trying to no, say I agree. Oh, no, no, it's no. unfair. I'm saying, I'm just saying, like, until the guy does that thing, you know what I mean? Like, until you are Mahomes in the fourth quarter and you have the two-touchdown comeback, or until you are Burrow, until you are Lamar. And, like, again, Lamar's got a lot to prove this postseason. Like, Josh Allen got something to prove. These guys, at least Josh Allen, we've seen him do the miraculous thing. Like, in the playoffs, on the road, we've seen him do the thing. And we just haven't seen Brock Purdy do it yet. And so until we see that, I think that's ultimately the question for him is, is this more a function of the system you're in, more a function of the talent and, the, and Kyle Shanahan? Is he designed and is he capable of doing that for this team? I'm not going to say no, but I haven't seen it yet, right? I haven't seen it yet, so uh, we shall see. Mike Wells, Braden Gall here uh, in for Greeny, of course, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. With so many bottles to choose from, there is always something new to try at Total Wine and more. How about a great Prosecco for under 8 bucks and a French Rosé for under 7 bucks? Now we're talking. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find at only at Total Wine and more. Drink responsibly. B21. 
It's a very simple message, B21. Mike Wells, Braden Gall here on ESPN Radio. History was made in the NBA last night, and we are going to put the Pistons' losing streak into context that you have not heard yet. That is next on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So the Brooklyn Nets get the win and the Pistons fall short once again. 118 to 112 is our final. History was made last night in the NBA. He is Mike Wells. I am Braden Gall. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app presented by Progressive insurance if you want to get involved the dr pepper call in line of course 888 say espn that's 888-729-3776 that call courtesy of 97-1 the ticket that is right the detroit pistons lost their 27th game they had a 10 point double digit first quarter lead mike <laughs> kate cunningham goes for 41 points the number one overall pick a few years ago they had a lead in the fourth quarter and yet they still lost their 27th game in a row, a single-season NBA record, still not yet the overall NBA record. That, of course, 28 games. Uh, so they'll be going for that record, that dubious record, coming up momentarily uh, when they play Boston here coming up. But the 2014-15 and 15-16 Philadelphia 76ers, of course, over the course of two seasons has the NBA record at 28, which is also the longest streak in any professional sport. So... The Detroit Pistons setting very, really ridiculous benchmarks in the NBA last night. And, of course, uh, the head coach, Monty Williams, uh, distraught after the game. Here is his thoughts following his team's 27th consecutive loss. Nobody wants this kind of thing attached to them. You know, I I was brought in here to, to change this thing. It's probably the most on me than anybody. You know, the players are playing their hearts out. i got to get them in a position where they don't feel tight or heavy you know it's where we are that's the reality of the situation monty williams there the pistons head basketball coach and of course there is more to this story let's get to the scoop the scoop 
So the last time the losing streak began, Mike Wells, on October thirtieth. Let me. Can I rattle off a few things here? That have that were that were it's, happening. Uh, wait, wait, time out. You're, you're not going to rattle off a few things. You're going to rattle off a lot of things since the last time the Detroit Pistons won a basketball game. My my daughter was a different age, by the way. <laughs> before this happened, uh, the last time the Pistons won was the same night as the Diamondbacks defeating the Rangers nine to one in Game Two of the World Series. Of course, the Rangers went on to win the series in five games. Deshaun Watson was still the quarterback of Who? the quarter of the Browns. That's right, Deshaun Watson, Joe Flacco. Uh, but firmly planted on couch. Uh, the Jaguars had a four-game lead in the AFC South. I believe they were 8-3. and three. They, They've lost four straight since then. Uh, how about this one? Frank Reich, Josh McDaniels, and Brandon Staley, all still employed. <laughs> oh my uh, and Taylor Swift had attended four of the seven Chiefs games since the Detroit Pistons won a game, and, and no single broadcaster will ever let us forget that Taylor Swift is in attendance. It'll never happen. So there, those are just some things that have happened. And again, my daughter was a younger age, <laughs> a different mm. a different number since since the Pistons won a game. I, I got to tell you, I, I feel bad for the Pistons. I mean, they, they are the complete they're, – they're not just a laughing stock of the NBA. They're the laughing stock of many sports right now because of this 27-game losing streak. I mean, you have you – have the, their roster is not bad. You, you look at the makeup of their roster – I mean, you got Cade Cunningham, number one overall pick a few years ago. Um, Jaden Ivey, a, uh, the number five pick in the 2022 draft. There's pieces on that roster. And Monty Williams came over from the Phoenix Suns. And Monty led the Suns to the NBA to the NBA Finals where they lost to the Bucks a couple years ago. And they had so much faith in Monty. They gave him – the Pistons gave him a six-year, $78.5 million contract and I think the only person that's happy right now is Monty because his his bank account is sitting pretty, real pretty. And the next question is, well, when, when in the world are the Detroit Pistons going to win a game? They all, all they got to do is go on the road to face the Boston Celtics tomorrow. That same Boston Celtics team that has the best record in the NBA. Then they face Toronto. And going back, then they start a horrible, horrible four-game trip out west even though I can't count Houston. But for my NBA days, when you're in the East Coast, Eastern Conference team and you go out for a West, a Western, a West Coast trip, it's hard to win out West. Yeah. So you, you, you got any other kids, Braden, that maybe might turn another, <laughs> you know, get a year older prior to my, the Pistons potentially winning a game? My, my, I hope, God, I hope not for Detroit's sake. My, my youngest turns, uh, changes numbers in, like, the spring, like in March and April. <laughs> Oh, hey. <laughs> so, so if that's the case, we're talking about like epically. So here's the other thing: I think we're giving the Pistons a bad rap too early. So number one, preseason odds to win the whole thing. Detroit was dead last in the NBA. All right. So I, I hear your point. K. Cunningham, good. There's some nice pieces there. They should be better. And 27 straight is unacceptable. I get all of that. I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to inject a little bit of light into the story here, Mike. <laughs> uh, they were the 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 worst three bets to win the NBA championship at the start of the season was Washington, Charlotte, and Detroit. So it's not like they were expected to to be good, right? Like this was a team that was picked basically dead last, and they are accomplishing that that goal. Um, also, I think twenty eight twenty eight is the record. So until they get to twenty nine, they got to lose two more times, in my opinion, to really make this like the big story. That it needs to be. Well, at this rate, it doesn't seem like it's going to be too hard to accomplish. It may not be. <laughs> you might be right. But if the record for regular season losses is 28, the Sixers, a couple of years ago, ending in 2016, 
2015, I guess it would have been, early part of the season. I, I'm not ready to call this. what it, like it's, it's not the longest losing streak in NBA history. It's the longest r- regular, like connected, consecutive losing streak inside of one season. That's too many caveats for me. I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to bury the well, Pistons. I well, think they got a chance. Well, for you, Braden, <laughs> they are projected to lose uh, their next, I believe it's seven games. The next time they're, suppo- they're predicted to win via ESPN Analytics would be January 10th against the Spurs. <laughs> That's the next time oh they will have a that, greater like than 50% chance to win. Yeah, it would be 34 straight losses oh, at that point. God. So I'm, let, just let, to, hey, I'm just trying to keep it positive, man. You know? So, I, hey, so let me ask you, Brayden. Um, you're in the Detroit Pistons organization. You're, you're one of the coaches or one of the players. When you get that victory and the losing skid ends, are you popping bottles in the locker room, man? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the deal. I would pop bottles in the locker room, and I would make everybody check their phones on the outside. I don't want, you know what I mean? I don't want any footage of that getting out. <laughs> you can celebrate all you want to in that locker room and sure, break the losing streak, celebrate. But there better not be any videos floating around on socials. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, time times have changed. Everybody wants everything on social media, unfortunately. This is our this isn't like when you and I were younger, but yeah, I'm <laughs> popping bottles in that streak, baby. I'm popping them. Look, if do whatever it takes if you're the coach or a leader on a team, good or bad, do whatever it takes to to motivate your team. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. You need to go full major league and, like, sacrifice a goat. Do what you need to do, you know? <laughs> like, do whatever you need to do. It's the greatest weekend of football, and that's coming up next right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 